Hey there, before we jump into the show, I thought I'd let you know that not only do I have two three-month intensive courses for women in hard marriages and women who are separated or divorced, but did you know I also have like 15 other one-month courses? I do. I have courses for when you want to use your gifts to bring redemption, when you want to use your gifts of writing and communication, when you might be a bit bored with your life or you want to live more authentically, when you are engaged or about to remarry or you are adjusting to remarriage, uh, when you struggle with at least one kind of difficult relationship, if you're longing to feel closer to God, if you would give anything for a clean slate, if you find yourself struggling with overwhelm and anxiety, when your children have left the nest, when you're struggling to identify your own needs, and when you're longing for more healing in your heart and life. And oh my lands, they are only $20 each, which is kind of insane and the lowest they've ever been. I will put a link in the show notes for the list of topics and how to register. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that we have a God who provides so many tools to partner with us in our healing and wholeness. Today, I'm going to share a bit about the sixth step in the 12 steps of recovery. If you haven't already listened to my episode where I share my background with Al-Anon, you might want to start there. That is the episode from May 23rd. And I've been talking through each of the steps on the past few Wednesday episodes, as well as the slogans on our mini Monday episodes. So just a little refresher, AA stands for Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's for people who struggle with an addiction to alcohol. And Al-Anon is for people who love someone who struggle with alcohol. Al-Anon is what I attended for about a year and a half, probably about 15 years ago. And I just want to reiterate before I jump in, um, I've said this in every episode so far, I think, but I, I genuinely believe that every human being could benefit from going through the 12 steps, regardless of whether they have someone in their life who has an addiction. It is just a beautiful guide and filter um, to look at life in a new way and to get this emotional and spiritual and mental and relational clean slate. And it's a really beautiful process. Okay. As with the other step episodes, I'm going to start us off by reading all 12 of the steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol in parentheses or whatever situation is driving your life crazy right now, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, 
made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. These are from Al-Anon's 12 Steps, copyright 1996, Al-Anon Family Group Headquarters. Okay, so let's take a look at step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Okay, so to talk about this one, I need to remind us of step four and step five. By this point, we have looked within and at our lives and at our choices. We have made lists of what we did wrong and also hopefully what we've gotten right. That was step four. Then in step five, we took the audaciously brave step of admitting all of that to our loving God, to ourselves, so we don't stay steeped in denial, and to another person whom we trust, so as to further add to our freedom and restoration and healing. So that's what would be the foundation of bringing us to step six. But before we talk about step six, I need to have us peek ahead at steps seven, eight, and nine. In seven, we ask God to remove our shortcomings. In step eight, we make a list of the people we've hurt. And in step nine, we start owning and apologizing and fixing the things as we're able. And I'm telling you this because some people sort of think step six is actually the process of what you're asked to do in steps seven, eight, and nine. When it's not, we are not there yet. Step seven, eight, and nine are kind of like the action steps. They're the doing. And so were step four and five, but step six is we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step six is acceptance of who we are. It's acceptance of what we've done, what we've done. It's a readiness before God for him to begin this healing and restoration work inside of us. We're not even asking him to remove our shortcomings yet. That's the next step. Step six is just getting ready spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Step six is surrender to God. Step six is reminding ourselves of our powerlessness over certain parts of our lives, over other people. Step six is reminding ourselves how much God loves us and cares about us, that he created us and only wants what's best for us, that we can trust him, that we can trust our lives and our hearts with him because he is good and loving. So step six can feel intangible. It can feel mystical. So so a, a tangible practice that you can take, assuming you have done your step four list, is to go back through those lists and see if you can connect any dots, see any patterns that might fall under the heading of defects of character. Okay, so an example might be, say something that you wrote down was, I keep breaking up with men and hurting them. Now, an underlying character flaw might be that it's not just that you're like mean and you toy with the affections of men one after another. 
it might be the underneath thing might be that you never really felt loved as a little girl and you keep choosing the same kind of man who is very wrong for you. That would be some of the work you could do as you're becoming ready to have God remove the defects of character. Here also, okay, so this brings me to an obstacle and it might be one that you're not expecting. Sometimes those of us who come from painful childhoods or difficult pasts or who have lived in challenging relationships for any length of time, we might find that we feel more comfortable with pain and chaos and drama and dysfunction than we do with wholeness and peace. Now, we would never say that, but our lives and choices may tell a different story. Um, when I was in my early 20s, I broke up with someone and started seeing someone else. The person I broke up with had not treated me well, and we argued a lot. And the new person I started seeing treated me really well, and we got along. But here's the thing. <laughs> and I did not, did not see this at the time. I mean, honestly, this might have taken me five to 10 years to name this. The vulnerability that was required of me to continue on with the new young man to try to build this new healthier relationship, it was too much for me to bear. I could not handle his kindness and steadiness. I know it sounds crazy. For those of you who grew up with childhoods that were healthier and steadier than mine, I know it sounds crazy. So I ended things with the good guy and I went back with the first guy because the brokenness of my childhood, it craved pain and it felt alarmingly uncomfortable to let myself figure out what it meant to be loved by a man. So you may claim to want wholeness and health and healing and holiness in your life and your, in your relationships. And I totally would have claimed that. So this may be a question you want to pose to Jesus and sit with over the course of a few days, journaling your thoughts about all of this. Maybe ask yourself something like, what is the worst thing that can happen if I surrender to God and to wholeness and to healing? What am I afraid of? And you might want to simply begin praying something like, Lord, help me become ready to surrender to you. I'm not ready yet. All that stuff that I've done wrong, all the things done wrong to me, like that's what I know. Help me get ready to change, to grow, to let some things go. Um, Things that you had in your life, in your childhood, that you put in place to protect yourself in, you know, maybe dysfunctional relationships in your childhood, they may have done what they needed to do, but they may not be serving you anymore. Um, let me read from uh, the book that I've mentioned before. It's called Serenity, A Companion for 12-Step Recovery. As we work step six of the recovery program, we are much like emotional, quote unquote, cripples 
requiring surgery in order to restore us as whole functioning individuals. Many of us have been bent double by the troubles of our past. Even though our conditions are confining and painful, the thought of allowing the great physician to do the much needed surgery in our lives is still frightening. We are afraid of letting go of the status quo of what we've gotten used to because although painful, it is familiar. Listen to this in First uh, John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So First John 4.18 tells us how to become willing to allow God to straighten our crippled lives into beautiful, strong ones. We surrender our compulsive efforts to create our own security, to protect ourselves, recognizing that the Lord loves us and wants us to experience joy, peace, fulfillment in our lives. By trusting completely in God, our fears will begin to fall away. We will be made ready to have him remove the old dependencies that have hampered our walk with him. And listen to this from Al-Anon's daily reader, Courage to Change. I want to be ready for shortcomings to be removed, and I will do what I can to prepare. I can develop a non-judgmental awareness of myself, accept what I've discovered, and be fully willing to change. But I lack the power to heal myself. Only God can do that. So good. So girls, we are just getting ready in step six, just asking God to help us get ready. And we can do this. He can help us do this. Okay. I'm going to post a link in the show notes for where you can find an Al-Anon group, a Celebrate Recovery group, and a therapist, where you can find um, the Al-Anon daily readers that I refer to, the Serenity Bible 12-step recovery book that I just shared from, um, along with a link to several of my courses that can help you move forward and go deeper in your healing. If you have any questions on the steps or the slogans or recovery or anything, you can send me an email at elizabeth at elizabethkline.com or shoot me a message through the podcast. As always, you can share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, support it, rate it, review it if you like it. And I appreciate so much when any of you do any of these. So sweet ones, all that to say, no matter where you are in your spiritual or recovery journey, you are already the unconditionally beloved daughter of God, and he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.